Welcome back to the Warped and Wicked Podcast. I'm Crystal. I'm Jenny. And I'm Jennifer. Hi, spooky friends. We're going to take it back to the late 80s and early 90s and discuss the scandalous case against Pam Smart, who was sentenced to life in prison without parole for plotting the murder of her husband, Gregory. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And I know in our last episode, which was the final installment of the Green River Killer, we said this would be a one-part episode. Well, we're going to break it down into two parts. Which I feel like if you're into true crime, you've probably heard about this case for sure. Well, and if you're anywhere from our age and up. Right. Now, I don't want to give too much away because I know we're going to discuss this later, but I think it was because it was the first ever televised murder trial here in the U.S. But like I said, I don't want to give too much away, so let's jump right in. Pam Smart was born Pamela Wojcic in Wyndham, New Hampshire, on August 16, 1967. She was the daughter of John and Linda Wojcic. She grew up in Miami, Florida, before her family moved to Derry, New Hampshire, when Pam was in eighth grade. Could you imagine, like, growing up in, like, the warmth, in the sun? And then moving to New Hampshire. And then you wind up in New England. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's cold. Big difference. Yeah, I think her parents were concerned about the increasing crime rate in Miami, so they wanted to move to a nicer, quainter How ironic. (laughs) No shit. So Pamela attended secondary school at Derry's Pinkert Academy, where she was a cheerleader, and she graduated from Florida State University with a degree in communications. At FSU, she had been the host of a college radio program. While in college, Pam was a DJ, and I believe for this program, and her DJ personality name was the Maiden of Metal. But with that, I have to say that she also dreamed of being the next Barbara Walters, which... Rest in peace. Rest in peace. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> which I think is like really completely different occupational direction. But hey, she was young, and we'll find out she was kind of dumb. She's the Maiden of Metal and 2020. So far, I relate to her a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I graduated with a communications degree, and I worked in radio for 10 years. (laughs) Don't move to New Hampshire. (laughs) Oh, my God. Crystal's the next one. I think um, I was listening to a podcast about Pam Smart, and they said, I was telling Crystal about this yesterday, they said that she was so organized that she folded her dirty clothes before putting them in the hamper. Okay, I retract my last statement. I definitely do not do that. my clean clothes before they get so wrinkly I have to re-dry them. Yeah. (laughs) She folded them and put them in the hamper. I was like, that's excessive. That's that's scary. (laughs) What are you trying to prove? Pam. God, Pam. Pam met her husband, Gregory Smart, while she visited New Hampshire over Christmas break in 1986. They got together as a couple in February of 1987 and married two years later. Greg moved to Florida to live with Pam during her senior year at FSU. Just a touch over six months into their marriage, they started to have problems. Pam took a job as a media coordinator at the Winniconet High School in Hampton, New Hampshire. This is where she met sophomore student William, otherwise known as Billy Flynn, at Project Self-Esteem. This was a school drug awareness program where they were both volunteers. 
Pam also met another intern named Cecilia Pierce, who was friends with Flynn. And I do want to mention, because I think like the media really made her into a teacher. She was not a teacher. Right. She was the media coordinator. So she was not like your social studies teacher. Right. And they like it was a big thing. So Pam's favorite band was Van Halen. Mm -hmm. And so was Greg's. Mm -hmm. His favorite band was they named their dog Halen. Yeah. She had like a vanity plate on the the band that has hot for teacher. Yes. And I think that was another thing that probably the media used was probably hot for teacher. Good Lord. Yeah, Yeah. And then like later on after all this. They made the movie with Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think more people think she was actually a teacher. And she, Not that it takes away sure. from, but she wasn't a teacher. Yeah. So a little more about Pam. And I'm just going to call her bougie, especially when it came to her <laughs> wedding. Like, as she was. Brides do be acting crazy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, uh, you know. I wasn't too bad at mine because mine was very small. Like, we got married downtown yeah canal outside yeah mine was pretty small too and i did everything yeah (laughs) yeah my reception we literally cooked our own food and no one was required to bring anything yeah (laughs) like a a chair i don't think i was a bridezilla at all and our wedding was at brad's parents house and then the reception was at my parents house so i wasn't throwing shit across the room no nope (laughs) <laughs> I've heard horror stories. There was a so show we were bougie rides. brides. <laughs> there was a show called Bridezilla. So. Yeah. Oh, I did watch that show. I, I did too. too. Yeah. <laughs> they were crazy. Yeah. So Pam's family would give them money, like hundreds of dollars, like each member of the family. And at like, their wedding reception, they did. I believe so. Okay. And uh, while Greg's family, like, they would only give, and I say only, very right. sarcastically. Yeah. a person. Some people can't afford to fund your whole wedding. She made like a spreadsheet kind of about like what family member gave what. She was showing it to Greg's mom and she's like. It wasn't for thank you notes? No. No, not at all. (laughs) But she was like. Oh my God. Well, I mean, this coming from the lady that folds her dirty laundry. Yeah. But she was like, you know that $30 didn't even cover their meal at the wedding reception, right? Wow. And I'm like, bitch, it's not. That's not what it's about. Like that. And I'm sure, like, his mom just cried and, like, ran away. But Oh, I'm sure. He tried to rein her in. Like, Greg was like, Pam, that's enough. You can stop doing this now. Yeah, she she wanted everyone to make this a huge deal about her. And basically, I can gather that she was a spoiled fucking brat. While she was married to Greg, they did something I thought was weird, in my opinion, as a married person. They took separate vacations. I think there's like circumstances when that's fine. Like, say if we all went like a to girl's like trip, yeah, yeah. But like a completely separate vacation from your husband. Like you go to Florida, I'm going to Mexico. Bye. I've been on several vacations without him. Yeah, I feel like because, but it wasn't like we we're going at the same time and we're yeah. both going to two like, different I've, places. I feel yeah. like if you're taking a trip with somebody and it's like a planned out thing, but like when you intentionally. Mm-hmm. do separate yeah. things yeah i bet they had separate bedrooms i know people that have separate bedrooms yeah also i'm not going to mention them on the podcast <laughs> i think she listens no hate, but they have they have but, different yeah. sleep schedules oh yeah, well i can relate yeah. to that so he liked to ski like he liked to do outdoorsy stuff mm-hmm. and she didn't okay so he and in fact it was a ski trip he was on when the first time her and billy had sex but 
she didn't like doing that stuff, so he would just go with his friends and go do his thing. Yeah. And then she would go do her own thing. Yeah. They had separate schedules because she worked at the school. So what? That's like probably like an eight to three type of job. Mm -hmm. And he was an insurance salesman. He worked for MetLife with his dad. Mm -hmm. And so he would have to like work late into the evening to sell people insurance. Like he would go to people's homes. Yeah. Like after they got off work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So by the time like she's probably already in bed and he's getting home at like 930, 10 o'clock. She's off all summer. Yeah. That too. Breaks. They didn't even, the fucked up part, though, is, like, they probably didn't make it to the first summer that she worked no, there. No, <laughs> like, no, like, he, what, died a month before their first year I think it was, anniversary? like, six, six days before six their days. first anniversary. Yeah, it Hot was, damn. like, so maybe it's not as weird taking separate vacations, you know, if personal interests don't align. But if you're not making the time to do something together, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would say this is kind of odd behavior for newlyweds. Newlyweds. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. you know, they were newlywed, but they'd been together for three years. Mm-hmm. I feel so, like that's still, still like, really it's early. still really early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get sick and of And they were really young. Like... They were really young. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not... Yeah. I don't know. She was 22. He was 24. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of like practically kids yeah. still, in my opinion. So, I mean, aside from, like, having different interests personally, I don't think that's a red flag, but bippity-boppity-boo, when you put it together, (laughs) what do you get? Uh, How in the world did the two of you people end up together? Right. Apparently, their love of Van Halen. Yeah, was (laughs) it. That's enough to sustain. Love and Van Halen is all you need. So, Pam also made allegations to Greg's family in December of 89 that he cheated on her and he was physically abusive towards her. However, there are no reports with any police department in their area. No one actually saw anything on her like bruises mm-hmm. to even suggest that he was physically abusive to her. And as far as cheating goes, I didn't read anything, phone records or a hotel receipt to prove this. So in my opinion, that was a false accusation or there just wasn't a paper trail And that's a he said, she said. So definitely not a fact, at least for this podcast. Yeah. As far as like the abuse allegations went, when because Greg's family, his mom and dad live like right down the road from them. Okay. Fun times, which it's a good thing. A lot of the time we live right down the road from my in-laws and it was great. Yeah. But it's not great when Pamela is showing up in the middle of the night making allegations against your son that aren't true. But anyway, so she went over there in the middle of the night and told them that Greg hit her. And so his dad went to their house to, like, make him answer for his transgressions. Oh. And Greg was drunk, and he was laying in bed. And so his dad comes in there, and he's like, what's happening? Pam said you hit her. How could you hit your wife? Like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, I didn't hit her. Like, what is she talking about? Right. So she said, like, I saw in a movie, so I'm not sure if it this snippets true but like he told his dad that like he was standing in a doorway and she walked past him and like bumped into his arm Mm. and that could have been the hitting yeah i don't know wow and then as far as the cheating goes they interviewed friends and family and none of them were told by her that he cheated on her which like one way that you could see it is like well she didn't tell anybody because some people don't 
if they find out they're cheated on, they're not going to tell anybody. So I can see like, maybe he did cheat on her. Maybe she just didn't tell anybody. But something to me about Pam's personality, it speaks to me that if she was going to be cheated on, she'd fucking tell people. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I think so. So I feel like, in all honesty, I don't think he cheated on her and she's using this as an excuse in her story in a way. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like if he did, it's not a fucking reason to be murdered. Right. And she said that he didn't come home one night. Like, he had gone out with friends and he didn't come home. He called her the next morning and he said, you know, I I drank too much. I slept at a friend's house so I wouldn't drink and drive. I'll be home soon. And then when he got home, like, he confessed to her that he cheated on her. That's her story, at least. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm with Crystal. She's like, she is the type of person I feel like would, like, if you're going to go. Announce it to yeah, everyone. If you're going to go wake up your in-laws in the middle of the night mm-hmm. yeah you're definitely because you bumped into your husband right you're <laughs> definitely gonna say that he cheated on you mm-hmm. to multiple people and if you're bitching about people gifting you 30 dollars for your wedding to your mother-in-law right and like we'll get to it later but there's another thing that she does later on that it's like yeah if you'll do that you will definitely tell that he cheated on you And as far as the other key players in this story, we're going to give a little bit of a background beforehand. Yeah, there's more of a background on Billy that can be found in the other kids. So we'll give Billy's background and then probably just list it out for you guys, like the rest of the kids, because it gets confusing. Right. I feel like it'll get really confusing if we don't do that. No, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) William, otherwise known as Billy Flynn was just 16 years old in 1990 when the murder of Greg Smart occurred. Billy was born on March 12, 1974 in Seabrook, New Hampshire. I never really found anything that said that he came from a bad upbringing or that he was even a bad kid. So this is the boy that Pam had been sleeping with, and she wouldn't admit to it, but she enlisted him to kill Greg. Mm -hmm. And... Him being, at the time, because he was 15 when this affair started, mm-hmm. not 16. Not that that makes any difference, because that's still a child. Mm-hmm. You know, so he didn't know any better. So mm-hmm. he's going to do, I guess, her story or the story was that she was going to break up with him if he didn't. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to say that she never once asked or even alluded to wanting her husband murdered and wanting Billy to do it. Yeah. Mm. You know, but like we said, this is a kid, you know, and Jenny, you've got teenage boys, so you would know probably more than anyone in this room if they have fallen in love with someone that's kind of in charge, like a teacher, but Mm -hmm. she's young. She's 22 years old. She's relatively attractive. You know, what would your boys do? Yeah. So I was talking to Crystal about this in the car the other day. Like I told her, I said, the more and more podcasts I listen to, the more and more I read about this, I became like infuriated because right now I have a 15 year old, almost 16 year old right now. Mm -hmm. And if I found out that he committed a murder because she convinced him to. They better arrest that bitch before I get a hold of her. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Because, and we'll talk about it, when all the boys' parents find out what happened and they finally get together, they said, do you want to, do you want to cry first or do you want to discuss what we're going to, how we're going to handle this? Right. 
And I just can't imagine being in that position. Mm-mm. I just, I just want to take her and I just want to shake the shit out of her. Yeah. Because she ruined so many lives. Like She took their whole childhood Yeah, away. and their early adulthood. Yeah. Like, they came yeah. out of prison. Some of these boys came out of prison as middle-aged men. Yeah. Right. She's just fucking selfish and manipulative. And so, yeah, I mean, and if it was a kid that came from a bad background, say if Billy had, you know, crappy parents that were drug addicts or whatever, and you wouldn't hesitate. I don't think you would. Mm. No. So, yeah. Because in your head, you're thinking, okay, well, she loves me. Mm -hmm. We're going to be together forever. Mm -hmm. Like. Right. Yeah, and you think that at 15. You do. Trust me. You, I think we all know that. You like, think the yeah. first person that you've ever had a thing for is the one. Mm-hmm. So when Billy was growing up, I think, so you said he was born in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. They moved to California at some point in time. And his dad wound up cheating on his mom. So she moved back to New Hampshire with Billy when he was 12. Yeah. So you're already like starting adolescence. You're moving across country. Again, going from warm to cold. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd make anyone upset. (laughs) You don't have your dad. You know, you're pissed. Yeah. But I guess when he did move back, he made friends with the other boys in the story. Like, I think they did some petty shit, like maybe petty, like not theft, but like, uh, what is it called? Property damage type stuff. Go fork your yard or get your... (laughs) But they also... Toilet paper, the trees. I'm pretty sure it was him, Jr. and Pete... They were known as the Three Musketeers, and they would do, like, they would do chores for neighbors, like, yard work and stuff, to make some money, but sometimes if the neighbors were elderly, they wouldn't charge them at all, and they would just do the work. So, mm. they were pretty They were good kids. kids, for the most part. Trust me, I, I get that too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but they were from a bad side of town, too, and I think that's something else to remember in this. Like, yeah. it was almost like... And we'll see this time and time again with true crime cases. She picked people that didn't have the greatest upbringing. They're not rich, obviously. They're from a shitty side of town. Mm. Low self-esteem. Like, she wasn't going to go to the captain of the football team and get him to kill for her. You know what I mean? Maybe this was more of a control thing. Mm -hmm. Because maybe she couldn't control her husband, so it pissed her off. So she's going to go to a more vulnerable victim i believe like she offered to pay these boys five hundred dollars a piece and she also told them when they went in the condo they could take anything that they want Mm because this was supposed to look like a robbery gone wrong yeah interesting yeah five hundred dollars now that's a lot of money even now (laughs) a lot of money for a 15 year old and being from a shitty part of town, yeah. sure. too. It's like a million dollars might as well be, too. And especially to a teenage kid. We can eat so much mall pizza. Yeah. We can go to McDonald's every day. So, you know, another part of, like, Billy's backstory, too, is I guess his dad wound up showing up at his doorstep in, in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and came was back. like, I want to work this out. I want to be involved in your life. I don't know if he tried to make reconciliations with Billy's mom, but he was like, I'm back. I'm going to be involved. Right. And then Billy's dad was in a car accident. Like, it was so... And he died. Yeah. It was so bad. I think he ran into, like, a gas tanker truck, and his car caught on fire. And, like, people tried to save him, but he was not able to be saved. What a traumatic, tragic way to die. I mean, anytime losing a parent, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I can't speak for any of that. Mm-hmm. But then the circumstances. Yeah. Gruesome. It was a terrible way to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. you can lose a parent and they pass peacefully. Right. It makes it take easier to accept. And yes, take comfort in it. But to know that he died in a fiery car wreck, probably yeah. had agony the whole way out. That makes it hard. And like, he's a teenager when this happened. Yeah. Because this was ha- it happened before him and Pam had an affair. So he was like 14, 15 when this right. happened. Yeah. And it's like, you know, your brain as a person isn't developed until you're 25. Right. Processing emotions and things like that, not one of your strong suits. Right. So I think we'll go ahead and mention the other key players in this just to make it easier to follow along. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the next, I would say, because we talked about JR and Pete. So Pete Randall was 16 years old at the time of Greg's murder, and he was there when Greg was being murdered. So he was in the house, and he was the one that had the knife, knife yeah. to uh, Greg's throat. throat. Then there's J.R. Latamy. I think his real name is Vance Latamy, but he's a junior, so everybody called him J.R. He was 16 years old as well, and he would be the getaway driver, and he would provide the gun. And then the fourth boy that had anything relatively to do with the murder was 18-year-old Raymond Fowler. For our younger listeners, just listen to what little involvement he had and then what he got out of it. Right. So he knew that the murder was being planned. He was simply sitting in the the getaway car with JR in the passenger seat. And we'll find out later, but he served 12 years in prison for it. Probably a little bit, probably because he was 18. And he obviously didn't say anything to stop the murder. But at the same time, we'll also get into this too. There were two failed attempts to murder him before this one. Right. So maybe he thought, it's not going to (laughs) happen. They couldn't do it the first time. They're not going to get it this time. They couldn't do it the first two times. So I don't think I would have (laughs) went. No. No, probably not. You know, I'm just going to stay home. (laughs) The last boy in our story is 17-year-old Ralph Welsh. He actually wound up moving in with JR. And how that came about was he was living in a shack with his dad prior to moving in with JR's family. And so Ralph's mother, and maybe she couldn't help either, sounds like it, she asked JR's family if Ralph could stay there with them. And they said that that would be fine, but he had to agree to go back to high school. And so that's how Ralph is like even in this story. Yeah, because he's technically not. But he wasn't involved in the planning or the actual murder. Yeah, he was not there. This is how he wound up in JR's house, I guess. Right. (laughs) And then the last teenager that's involved that we know of, I guess, is Cecilia Pierce. She was like 15, 16 years old when all this happened. She was the intern for Pam doing like the media stuff. And we'll get into it, of course. But she was there like when Billy and Pam first had sex. Like she was kind of like a go between the two of them. Like at school, like if Pam wanted to talk to Billy, then Cecilia would go and find him in the hallway and be like, hey, Pam wants to talk to you. So like, of course, this is another person she's manipulating. Yeah. And I've heard in stories that like Cecilia was a little overweight and she's from Um, the bad side of town and she didn't have a lot of friends. And so Pam, to her... Is this pretty, fun, bubbly, big sister to her. 
you right. know, because they're only six or seven years apart. Yeah, but not a big difference. 15 to 22, of course, is a big difference. You know, 22 to 29, not a big deal. 15 to 22, it's massive. Right. But you can see how Pam could manipulate her sure. into doing what she wanted, which again is super Because she just wanted a friend and she completely used it to her advantage. Yeah. So it started out with Project Self-Esteem, like we talked about. That's kind of how they met. They got involved. Well, then Cecilia became Pam's intern. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the Florida Citrus Company had this sweepstakes where if you made a video about the benefits of orange juice, you could submit this video to them. They would pick the winner. And whoever won got two tickets to Disney World and a cash prize. Okay. I don't even know how she knew about this because they're in New Hampshire, but maybe her Florida connections told her about well, it. Yeah, probably. And it's a goofy commercial. I it's watched. a goofy ass it. video. You guys got to watch it. So it was Pam, Cecilia, and another girl. They dressed up as cavemen or cave women. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and get it right. They're basically like find oranges. And then they smash the oranges and they make orange juice. Okay. To quench their thirst. And you're <laughs> they smart didn't win. if you drink orange juice. Yeah, they didn't win. I know you're shocked about that right now, <laughs> Crystal, but they didn't win the contest. And how Billy was involved in this was Billy videotaped it. Oh. So they're working together. Hanging After out, school, weekends, time. they're hanging out, spending time together making this video. Okay. And then it turns into, well, I'll take you guys to the arcade. Right. First of all, if you have to say, I'm going to take you kids to the arcade in the mall. You should already know Maybe this you is shouldn't wrong. sleep with them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that would just indicate to me that you're a little young. Yeah. So she's hanging out with him. I think she even took him to like an underage dance club one time. Mm. Yeah. And Billy, you know, is 15, got a full head of hair. Like, is it Eddie Van Halen? Yeah. I'm looking at you. Yeah. I'm looking at you right yeah, now. Yeah, don't look at me. <laughs> Full head of hair, which, by the way, Greg had long, flowy hair when they first met, but he had to cut it when he became For his an insurance, insurance job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Billy can play the guitar, and he loves Motley Crue and Van Halen and can go to underage dance clubs with her. And didn't he compliment her a lot? Yeah, because he's a 15-year-old yeah. boy yeah. that's like, like, hey. All the flattery, <laughs> yeah. all this, and I think she said, and I might be making this up, like, <laughs> the... You know, it just felt so nice to have someone, you know, appreciate and blah. And it's mm -hmm. like, from a 15-year-old boy? Yeah. Ugh. A 15-year-old boy's going to tell you anything you want to hear to see them boobies. I'm just yeah. saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just what they He's do. like, I just saw this music video on MTV. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. It's like probably like cherry pie had already been yeah, out. Yeah, and yeah, The white snake, white car. I have girl an idea for a video for school, and it involves my car in your body. <laughs> <laughs> Can that be our next project? I wonder if that was the pitch for the orange juice. Probably. I know somewhere where you can stick those oranges. <laughs> oh my god! I guarantee it. So another thing that uh, was leading up to this affair. Was at one point in time, Billy told Pam that, I think it was his neighbor, they had like a one-hour photo developing place. Oh, okay. And he was like, if you ever need film developed, just let me know. I'll take it in there and get it done for you. Wink, wink. So she hands him a roll of film one day, and she's like, you know, can you get this developed for me? And he says yes. And then he has the photos and the thing, and I don't think he looked at them at all. 
which is very odd for a 15-year-old boy. But he hands Pam the pictures, and she flips through them, and she was like, oh, you know, none of these are great. I, My friend took pictures of me, and I took pictures of her to, like, try to make, like, a f- modeling portfolio in a way yeah. or to put it. Yeah, a card. Put, yeah. And she was like, they're not great, but take whatever you want. And if you know this case. Right. It's the uh, pictures of her, like, on a bed. Dear God. Scantily clad. Oh, my God. Posing in all sorts of ways. Like a boudoir. You literally thing. said this to a 15-year-old boy. Pictures of you in your underwear. This woman did not worry one bit about him telling anybody about their interactions. This is what's so funny, too. And every step of the way, I was thinking in my head. Are you not fucking realizing that you're dealing with teenagers? Right. Like, do you not realize this? Like, they can't keep a secret for shit. No. Like, they're going to tell at they're least tell one somebody. person. And so. that person's going to tell somebody else. Cause yeah. There's no way. <laughs> so there was another tactic that Pam used. And I really didn't think about this till towards the end of the week. But, like, why is she inviting Cecilia along with some of this shit? Mm-hmm. To make it not seem so fucking weird. Right. You know, because if she's just running around with a teenage boy, that looks a little bit suspicious. Yeah. But if it's a teenage boy and a teenage girl, I mean, even onlookers might think that those two are dating. Yeah. Sure. And, like, maybe Pam's running them around. And the age difference, honestly, she could be a sibling to one of them. That's very true. Like, she's the cool older sister. Like, yeah. obviously, Cecilia and Billy aren't making out. So maybe they think they're just a trio of siblings doing something right. together. You sure. know, So she's very... She knows what she's she doing. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's going to try to act like she didn't know what she was doing, but she knows what she's doing. One of these instances where Cecilia was tagging along was on February 15th of 1990. Greg was out of town on a ski trip with his friends, and Pam invites Billy and Cecilia over to watch some movies. And everybody mentions this fucking movie. I've never watched it. I really don't want to watch it. I think it's called Nine and a Half Weeks. Yeah. With I've, Kim Basinger and I've Mickey never, Rourke. I've never seen it. Because <laughs> I was like, at first I was like, maybe I'll watch it. And then I heard the people in it. And then I heard the rest of it. And I'm like, I don't think I want to watch this. But basically at some point, I think Kim Basinger does like a strip tease. Okay. In it, and then there's like obviously sex and like ice cubes are involved in the sex and or maybe the foreplay i don't fucking know i didn't watch the movie <laughs> but she's watching this movie with like two teenagers her and billy are making out and then they go upstairs and leave cecilia downstairs by herself to watch more movies they're upstairs for a really long time and there's music playing i'm sure motley Crue, and maybe it was a ballad though they didn't have monster ballads at the time on CD. <laughs> but if there was such a thing, that would be what's playing. Maybe I'll someone... be there for you. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and then man. next thing you hear is like white snakes. Here I go again on yeah. my own. And they're like, skip that one. That's not really a ballad. <laughs> but maybe somebody made a mixtape too. Oh, that could very oh, well be. Oh, I hope there's a mixtape. <laughs> I love a good mixtape. So a couple hours goes by. And Cecilia goes upstairs. And when she opens the door, Pam and Billy are having sex. Jesus. From the timeline of everything and from, like, Billy's side of the story, that's the very first time they had sex. Mm. Now, later on in the trial, when Pam finally admits that she slept with Billy, she will say that they slept together, like... five times. Five or six times. The date she gives for the first time is after Billy turns 16. Because statutory rape 
is like 15 or younger. Mm-hmm. It's a murder trial. Like, why would she lie about that? Right. Well, f- one, for reputation. But two, of course, she's going into this trial thinking she's going to be right. found not guilty. So she doesn't want a statutory rape charge. Right. And have to serve for that. Yeah. So he was 15 at the time when they had sex. And the very next day, I think he stayed overnight. Which makes sense, you know, when you have a lover. They stay the night sometimes. And you don't have a ride. Yeah, and you can't <laughs> drive because you're 15 years old. Your 22-year-old media coordinator at your high school drives you home. So she drives Billy home the next day, right? And this is when she says, we can't do this anymore. Mm. And I'd be like, anymore? Like, we just, we had, just had sex like 12 time. hours ago. Right. But she's like, we can't do this anymore. Like, we can't be involved anymore because Greg doesn't take trips like this very often. That's the reason. Right. Like, <laughs> like she's like, I can't, like, basically, like, I can't, like, fall in love with you and have to go through, like, the heartache of not being able to be with you every oh, day, God. basically. That okay. you even putting that in his head, mm-hmm. that I can't fall in love with you, I can't be with you because... Of so, Greg. Of Greg. Yeah. You're already feeding it into mm-hmm. his... His little underdeveloped that brain. That Greg's got to go. And she's told him, like, leading up to this, I forgot to mention this, but leading up to this, she's like, well, sometimes he hits me, and he's mean uh, to me, and he yells at me. Mm. So he's thinking, Greg's, Greg's abusive, shit, and yeah. I'm okay. in love with Pam. Yep. I want to be with Pam. Well, during this same discussion, this is when she starts talking about killing Greg. Mm. Slept with the boy, and then the next day starts talking about killing her husband. Again, she knows what she's fucking doing. Yeah, she does. So I think at first, like, Billy kind of shrugged this off, you know. But after a while, he starts kind of warming up to the idea. You know, like, this is how I can be with her. So this is when he starts getting his friends involved. Because he's like, well, if I'm going to kill him, I can't do it by myself. I I don't have a weapon. I don't have a car. Even if he had a car, he'd get pulled over afterwards and get in trouble for not having a license. Right. He starts talking to JR and Pete Raymond gets involved in there somewhere. And at first they're like, you can't do this. This is crazy. Like, are you fucking serious? Right. Like, no. Trying to be the voice of reason. Yeah. It's a bad idea. His friends start thinking like, well, he's going to fuck this up if he does this by himself. So I'm going to be a friend and help him out. Yeah. So he doesn't get in trouble. Apparently at some point Billy tells Pam like, you know, I got some friends involved. Like even Cecilia winds up finding out about this plan. She even tried to get a gun for them because one of her co-workers, her husband had a gun. So she was trying to finagle it to where the co-worker would somehow bring the gun to work that day and leave it in her car. And then Billy was going to rob the car and take the gun. Well, when Billy went to go to into the car, the gun wasn't there. Okay. And that gets Cecilia's involvement in this too. So when did she bring up the $500 paying them? Billy tells Pam, like, I got friends involved. And then Pam's, like, talking to them as a group. And this is when she, you know, she's like, I'll pay you $500 each when I get his life insurance. Which, of course, and I know several people in insurance. Like, if you're selling life insurance and stuff and health insurance, a lot of people that do that have really big life insurance policies. Right. Yeah. Because they can see what can fucking happen if you're not set up sure if your spouse dies so he had like over a hundred thousand dollars in life insurance i don't think she told the boys that but she said once i get his insurance payout i'll pay you all five hundred dollars a piece 
take anything you want out of the apartment or the condo sorry then she starts giving them tips turn the lights off if the lights are on when greg gets home he's going to be skittish he might not even go in the house wow because he might realize somebody's in the house put the dog up put halen up because she didn't want the dog to be traumatized by seeing one of his owners be killed and then she said use a gun instead of a knife because if you use a knife blood's going to get everywhere and it's going to ruin her furniture and her carpet yeah she yeah she literally said that please use a gun when you murder my husband so my couch isn't ruined which is like awful because the gun and the type of bullets that were used you're gonna have to make sure you've got him so far away from that couch because they were hollow points and it's like yeah even if you just nicked him it's going to be a lot more than you really realize. Yeah, and what did you say earlier about hollow points? So, like, they start off, you know, just, like, the size of the bullet, but mm-hmm. as it breaks and, like, does a B and E on your body, mm-hmm. the place where it comes out is, like, so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have a huge hole. And, like, so the, there's going to be a ton of blood. Wow. No, I mean, and shooting, I mean, you're going to have splatter anyways because it's yeah. a gunshot. Yeah, and like when you were telling us about this, I don't know why, but it just made it, I mean, the man got murdered. Right. It just made it worse to me. Yeah. Pam probably didn't think about type of bullets because, like I was saying, they were illegal to have in certain places. I don't know if I mean, it was they everywhere. might have been at this point and in they, time, Yeah, too. they might have been. I mean, either way, it was awful, but... I know she probably didn't like specify like, hey, and use hollow points in case you kind of sort of miss, you're still going to get it. So it was whatever that kid's dad had in his gun. Yeah. So she also told them to, it's like, I can just see her, like if the PowerPoint was a thing at the time, tips and tricks. Yeah, she would definitely, she might have had the whiteboard out. (laughs) Next slide, please. You know, she told them wear black clothes and gloves to pull their hair back because of course they have long hair. She also said that she would leave the basement door unlocked for them. Kind of like another case we talked about. So we'll talk about the two failed attempts just real quick. So each attempt, she was going to be at like a school board meeting late into the evening. So she would have an alibi. First attempt, Billy was going to do it by himself, I think. Couldn't get a car, couldn't get a gun. So he tells her, couldn't do it Mm -hmm. because of these things. And of course, she does the whole manipulation of, you don't really love me. Why are we trying to be together? Yeah. If you really love me, you would do this for me type of thing. Right. Second attempt. The boys are together. They go and get like supplies from the store, like gloves, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think at one point, like as they were checking out, they told the cashier that the gloves were for a magic trick or a magic show. And I'm like, that's really going to like stick out to somebody so if the cops come and talk to the cashiers that were there that night they're gonna remember your ass yeah right well and you're all going together for a shopping trip to go buy murder supplies right you all look awkward as fuck anyways yeah (laughs) so i think after they left the store billy realized what the fuck they were doing so the kid that was driving he sent him in the wrong direction by the time like they get because like the guy that was driving wound up stopping and asking somebody for directions to that area of town Mm. and so by the time they got to pam's condo greg was already back home oh and i think this was the time the car they were in was pam's car wow 
So I was like, hey, honey, I saw you drive past the house earlier. Where are you going? They come back after the school board meeting's over. Because it's another school board meeting night. Pam couldn't go out to the parking lot because her coworkers would realize her car's not fucking there. She's not walking to a car. So she goes back into the school and hides, like, in her office. And the boys show up, and she's like, oh, you know, how did it go? Wow. And they're like, by the time we, we got lost... And again, this would indicate to you just who the fuck you're dealing with. Yeah. Right. We got lost. By the time we got to your condo, Greg was already home. And then she flew into a rage again. Like, you don't love me. You're not being serious about this. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to break up. So after two failed attempts and Pam threatening to break things off with Billy, I'm sure leaving him pretty distraught, this will lead us into the day of the murder And that's where we'll pick back up next week in the case against Pam Smart. So thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or share it on social and tag us at Warped and Wicked Podcast. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help new listeners find us. And if you have a case suggestion, send it to us at warpedandwickedpodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate all of your support and can't wait for you to hear more episodes from us soon. So until next time, stay safe and stay spooky, friends.